Hello, my name is Emmett McMenemy, and today I'm going to talk about the failed state of Yugoslavia. I'm going to explore how it came to be, what they failed at specifically, why they failed, and how it all came crashing down. Research and majority writing was done by Mira Kavark. Special thanks to all of the sources from which we got our information. First, I will be discussing geography. Yugoslavia is in a region within Europe called the Balkans. According to John B. Alcock of Britannica, the Balkans is Europe's furthest east southern peninsula, while Yugoslavia itself was made up of six parts, present-day Slovenia, present-day Croatia, present-day Bosnia, Vojvodina, present-day Montenegro, present-day Kosovo, and present-day Macedonia. The most common religions in the area were Islam and Christianity. The race of most of the population was and still is Caucasian, with some Middle Eastern people as well. Yugoslavia itself bordered present-day Albania and parts of Greece. Next, I will be discussing the history of Yugoslavia and how the country came to be. There have been three states named Yugoslavia, but all of them are essentially the same, the land of the South Slavs. According to Marie Janine Kalik of Purdue, before becoming Yugoslavia, during the time of de development, the economy of the region was agriculture-based and less so dependent on industry like many other countries were at the time. The region was split between being part of either the Austro-Hungarian Kingdom or the Ottoman Empire. Kalik also reminds us of other divisions amongst the people. There was tension and conflict between the two main religions in Yugoslavia, Orthodox Slavs and Slavic Muslims. Finally, there were ethnic divisions overall with lots of anti-Roma sentiment. From research, Mir and I can conclude that a lot of Yugoslavia's issues during development were in ethnic and religious differences, as well as in the country's refusal, refusal to assimilate and be more like major powers of Europe. The first Yugoslavia was free from Ottoman rule after the Balkan Wars, which were from 1912 to 1913. As for the end of the Austro-Hungarian rule, like many huge events in European history, this took place during the World War I era. The development during the World War I era was sparked when Serbian nationalist Gavrilo Princip murdered Archduke Franz Ferdinand of Austro-Hungary. According to Robert Wilde, the Yugoslavian committee was formed in 1914 to plan if the Serbs were to beat the Austro-Hungarians. Finally, after the Allies defeated the Central Powers, Yugoslavia was free from Austro-Hungarian rule by 1918, just like the world was from German wrath. For now. From 1918 to 1929, the area was in a political limbo. According to John Alcock of Britannica, there were many disagreements on how Yugoslavia would be run, with Croatians wanting a federal structure that would respect the practices of each individual region, while the Serbs wanted a system that would unite all regions under one way of thinking and this was the type that would prevail. The area was officially named Yugoslavia in 1929 by Peter I, who Wilder states was essentially a monarchy dictator. Things were strict but united under Peter I until 1941, when the first state of Yugoslavia fell after being invaded by the Germans. Look who's back. The reasons for the first failure of Yugoslavia are quite clear, there were a young, vulnerable country in the process of uniting that simply could not defend itself against the powerful Nazis. But the other two failures would not be this simple. 
And to interrupt this program, we have an advertisement from our friends over at Communist Incorporated. Are you unfairly paid at your job? Do you think you deserve equal pay? Well, we have the solution for you. Communism is an amazing political system that has guaranteed results. Everyone gets equal treatment, and the government will provide for all, no matter what. Disclaimer, side effects may include nuclear arms race, starvation, proxy wars, and global controversy. And now back to our program. Second, the second Yugoslavia. For the history of Yugoslavia's second try, we've also used a Britannica article and essay written by John Alcock. So the second state of Yugoslavia was formed in 1946, and this is when socialism slash communism came into the picture. They took our ad. Yugoslavia was liberated by powerful socialist Joseph Broz Tito and his strong army of supporters. The land it covered was the same as last time. As it was run by communists, the economy and political landscape was very centralized. Large land holdings, industrial enterprises, and public utilities were all nationalized by the communist government. The Soviet era rule was marked by less freedom, scarcity of resources, and lack of opportunity. After the split from Soviet rule, there was a greater reliance on the free market while the workers still had lots of power. This led to great economic growth throughout the 50s and the 60s. However, development and growth decreased in the 70s and 80s as serious issues with unemployment and inflation began to rise. This led to Yugoslavia racking up extreme debt because they were constantly borrowing money from other powers and organizations. The money from the loans they were given was also used poorly, and many the, as many of the projects did not meet their goals. The third Yugoslavia, um, the third Yugoslavia's final and final attempt began around 1989, but this is also when the final permanent fall began as well for the country. Slobodan Milosevic became the president of Serbia in 1989. He exacerbated the fall of communism and addressed the economic issues by strongly pushing Serb for Serbian nationalism. As for the effects of this on the region, the U.S. Gov website states that Slovenia was the first to declare sovereignty in 1990, issuing a parliamentary declaration that Slovenian law took precedence over Yugoslav law. Croatia followed in May, and in August, the Yugoslav Republic of Bosnia-Herzegovina also declared itself sovereign. Slovenia and Croatia began a concerted effort to transform Yugoslavia from a federal state to a, conf to a confederation. Civil war continued to rage on in Bosnia as Milosovic continued his tyrannical actions. This war killed many and displaced many as well. Many of these refugees actually ended up seeking refuge in St. Louis, Missouri in America, adding their culture to the unique tapestry that is St. Louis. From our research, we can conclude that Yugoslavia was an absolute mess, and we came up with five biggest wrecking balls that caused this. Number one was polarizing ethnic and religious differences. Number two was vulnerability to larger powers. Number three was racism and xenophobia, specifically towards Muslims and Roma people. Number four was the lack of globalization that would have had economic and military benefits. Number five was the tyrannical leaders that took advantage of the four things above. What could have been done? On a national level, 
Yugoslavia could have put its money towards better projects that would strengthen the skills of its people and progress the rights and opportunities of women and minorities. And on an international level, the empires that once colonized them could have assisted them. The UN should have intervened sooner. However, now that the country's gone, we can uplift Yugoslavian immigrants and support their businesses, as well as learn from what happened in Yugoslavia to better foreign policy. In conclusion, the many attempts and eventual fall of Yugoslavia was caused by deep divisions within an authoritarian leader, failed attempt at communism, and overall vulnerability and lack of support. Uh, this has been Emmett McMenemy with the Failed State Podcast. Thank you.